The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. Welcome to Prescriptions for Healing Conflict. I'm Lloyd. I'm the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank. Mari's been an attorney mediator for 26 years, and during that time she's resolved thousands of disputes as a neutral conflict healer. She's a member of the Orange County Superior Court Mediation Panel, and she's been a law professor of negotiations and mediation and presently teaches negotiations right here at UCI. She's the author of Negotiations Breakthroughs and co-author of Stepping Stones to Success and several other books. To listen to previous interviews, see upcoming guests, download podcasts, and learn more, visit www.conflicthealing.com. So Mari, what's your show about today? Well, Lloyd, today our show is about peace in the Middle East and especially between the Palestinians and the Israelis, and that has been an elusive peace for all how many years? So many years. And we have someone on who ha- is intimately involved and intimately uh, has clarity about this because he is um, an Israeli himself. He has been an Israeli activist, and he is the author of The General's Son, which is a book, and the subtitle is Journey of an Israeli in Palestine. And uh, I-, I thought this one really resonated with me. I saw this in Radio TV Interview Magazine, and I thought, you know, we're all worried about a war between not only the, what we've seen between the Palestinians and the Israelis, but we're also worried about what would happen with Iran and the Israelis. So this is such an important point that that all of us need to understand, and we all need to find ways that we can bring peace to the whole world. So Let me tell you a little bit about Mike. Mike was born in Jerusalem in 1961 into a well-known Zionist family. His maternal grandfather signed the Israeli Declaration of Independence, and his father, Matty Peled, fought in the 1948 Israeli War of Independence, and he was a general in 1967 during the Six-Day War when Israel conquered Gaza, the Golan Heights, the Sinai, and the West Bank. Later, General Peled became a peace activist. He is a leading proponent of an Israeli dialogue with the PLO. He grew up in a highly political insider's milieu. He was a young patriot. He volunteered for his special forces commando unit in the Israeli Defense Forces. And this, unfortunately, he later came to regret. We're going to talk about that. The death of his niece, Madar, age 12, in a suicide attack in Jerusalem in 1997, was a starting point for the remarkable personal story of a man who sought justice not through revenge, but through understanding, an understanding that transformed his heart and ushered him into a singular life of pro-peace activism and, some would say, risk. He was educated in Israel, Japan, and the United States, and he's an accomplished professional martial arts practitioner. He happens to hold a six-degree black belt in karate, where he teaches at his dojo in Southern California, down in San Diego. 
He also authors a blog that is dedicated to creating peace between Israelis and Palestinians, to tearing down Israelis, uh, Israel's separation wall, and advocating equal rights for Israelis and pas- Palestinians. He's lectured at universities in the United States and elsewhere, and he's appeared on numerous radio talk shows. In fact, he was filmed for a 2002 Israeli documentary, and more recently he was featured on a 30-minute video from Alternate Focus that became wildly popular on YouTube. So we're really thrilled to have him. We're here on the campus of the University of California. We know that there has been a lot of uh, anxiety on the campus, a lot of acrimony between the, the Palestinian students and the Jewish students and Israeli students. So this is a time for all of us to think peace. And I think having this insider view from Miko will really help us. So thank you so much, Miko, for joining us on the show. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be on the show. So Miko, first tell me about how you wrote this book, The General Son. Well, I was, um, I was giving talks uh, periodically about this issue uh, for some years now. And um, from time to time, somebody would come up and say, hey, you know, you really have to write a book. And then, and then one particular person said it, I suppose, at the right time. And I, and I went back home and I started working. Um, and it took about four years to, from start to finish because, of course, I didn't know what I was doing. And, nobody, you know, <laughs> and I didn't really know what the book was going to look like. But I started the work. And, um, and as I was working on it, interestingly enough, parts of the story that I didn't remember that I remembered, of course, came out. And then and today, here we have it. We have, we have the book, um, you know, uh, out and, and, and being, being read and, and, and talked about. Well, this is such an important issue because it affects all of us. We are a world community, and we can't turn our backs on it because it is, it is there. It is there. What is the main obstacle, then, to peace in Israel between Israel and Palestine? Well, Israel is the obstacle. There's one obstacle, and it is the state of Israel. And so um, part of the problem is that this is such a... It's a statement that's so difficult to make here in the United States that people are afraid to say it. So they'll say everything about the conflict, and they, when they come to the point where they actually need to name the, the, the obstacle and to name the solution, they fall short, which is why, you know... If, so many few, so few people talk about it, and so few people actually realize that there is a solution at hand. So help me understand. You know, Israel is surrounded by by Muslim countries, and and they're a Jewish state, and then all the other countries are Muslim state. What kind of? Uh, it seems like there'd be a lot of fear by the Israelis that that they're going to lose themselves when they're surrounded by what they perceive as enemies. Is that right? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> There's never been a problem between Jews and, and, and Muslims historically. The b- problems began when the state, when, 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 when the Zionist movement, which was a small, radical, nationalist movement of, 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 of very few Jews, decided that they were going to build a, a Jewish state in Palestine, which they referred to as the land of Israel, um, the rationale was that the Jews, they claimed that the Jews are the descendants of the ancient Hebrews who inhabited uh, that land some 3,000 years ago, and therefore they said we have a right, the Jews have a right to go back and claim that land. Now, Palestine has been a, an Arab country for 
at least 1,500 years, and the people, the, the, the inhabitants of Palestine, the Palestinian people, are, are Palestinian Arabs, uh, mostly Muslims, some Christians, and so forth, some Jews. Um, and when the Zionists began to get support from the world and developed a militia that eventually, in 1948, conducted a massive campaign of ethnic cleansing, uh, forcibly exiled almost 90% of the indigenous population, of the indigenous Palestinians from their homes, and created this racist Jewish state, uh, which disenfranchised, like I said, the people of the land, and destroyed their cities and destroyed their monuments, mm. and tried to create this new entity there. That is when problems began between the Jewish people of that land, in other words, the Zionists, the state of Israel, and the surrounding Arab countries, which which did not agree to the state of Israel being created in this in this whole this whole ethnic cleansing and this whole catastrophic um, reality that was that was forced upon them with such violence. So that's why there's a problem now. Of course, having 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 been having been established, you know, throughout through through, through this horrific crime of ethnic cleansing and and, and terrorizing an entire nation, certainly the state of Israel is worried because people, first of all, don't like bullies and they don't like terrorists and they don't like you know to see people being you know being the victims of ethnic cleansing and um and so Israel feels uh feels threatened but but Israel is the cause of of the, of the problem you know if 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 this did not happen then there would not have been a problem between Jews and and, and the other and the other countries in that area how, how is it that your whole family has been in those wars and and you too. I mean, how well, you know, my my grandfather was a Zionist leader. Um, you know, there were, you know, the Zionist leaders liked to create the, the impression that they were representing the, the, you know, the Jews around the world. They were they didn't, didn't represent anybody. Nobody voted for them. And then most Jews around the world thought the Zionists were were quite crazy in in trying to impose a Jewish state in an Arab country. Everybody knew Palestine was an Arab country, um, but they were quite successful in convincing. The powers that be of the day, so the the British and then later on the Americans, because they were, they looked like the colonizers. I mean, they were white, they were educated, they were European, they wore nice suits, and the Arabs, of course, were were you know, were brown, so they were they did not count in those days. And um, and and my my grandfather was a Zionist leader, and his his wife and my grandparents on the other side too were Zionists, and they believed they they they, you know, they subscribed to this to this uh, ideology. Once my both my parents were born there, so in other words, they were the sons of they were the children of immigrants. My they were both educated on a very, very patriotic Zionist uh, you know education and ideology. My father joined the militia, the Zionist militia, which of course later on conducted the ethnic cleansing. Um, and then the state of Israel was established uh, through violence, of course. And my father remained in the military as a career officer, and later on he became a general. And so that's that's how everybody was involved in my the entire you know members of my you know the state of Israel for me was like an extended family because so many family members held important positions and you know we, we were very proud of the fact that we contributed to the establishment of the Jewish state being completely oblivious to the fact that we brought uh, a nightmare and a catastrophe not to say a holocaust on an entire nation the Palestinian people because we did not recognize that they even existed now, aren't there a lot of Palestinians that live in Israel now? How, do, yes. how, how are they treated? Very poorly. So the, Israel, Israel, you know, Israel controls the entire land, the entire country. Uh, whether you call it Palestine or you call it Israel, it's the same country. Um, 
And Israel, you have, you have about a million and a half Palestinians who are actually citizens of Israel, even though Israel is a Jewish state. And so they are high, they're, they're, they're terrib- there are at least 30 laws in the law books that discriminate against them specifically in a living environment of racism. Uh, if you imagine, you know, African Americans during the civil, well, before civil rights, I mean, you had the Jim Crow laws, but then you also had an entire environment of, 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 of racism. And culture of racism, and that's exactly what those these million and a half citizens live through. And then you have the Palestinians who are not citizens at all. Uh, in fact, they have they don't even have that little those the the the, the minimum rights that um, the citizens have. And these are the Palestinians who live in the West Bank and the Gaza Strip, which Israel conquered in 1967. And they are completely at the mercy of the Israeli military. There's no law that protects them. They can be thrown in jail for indefinite periods of time. They can be tortured and beaten. Uh, Israeli courts don't, you know, don't support them. So there's no law and there's no government that can help them. And mm-hmm. uh, their houses, houses are being destroyed. They're, com- they're being evicted from their homes on a regular basis. Towns are being uh, evacuated uh, you know, on a daily basis and so forth. Tell me, what, what is the difference... Um, in 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 Israel, between being Jewish and being Zionist, can you kind of clarify that? Now, are, you're Jewish, right? Yes. Okay. So the, the Zionist the Zionist movement is a movement that was created, and the uh, with the ideology of of bringing Jews to Palestine or to what they call the land of Israel, which was the ancient home of the Hebrews. Uh, like I said, most Jews never subscribe to it. Most Jews never went to Israel. Will never go to Israel. Uh, even after the Holocaust, which is a, which was the, the worst catastrophe in the history of the Jewish people, most Jews opted not to go to Israel to the so-called Jewish state. Most Jews opted to stay in the West, even went to go back to Germany rather than go back to, or rather than go to live in Israel, uh, because most Jews either didn't want to go live there; they realized it was somebody else's country, and many Jews thought, you know, just felt that this was this was wrong because it was a racist idea to have a Jewish state anyway, uh, at all, and certainly to have a Jewish state. In an Arab land, where, where where much of the population is not Jewish, so so that's you know so being Jewish is a faith. You're born into into a Jewish family, and you're Jewish. Some are practicing, some are not practicing, and so forth. Being Zionist means to support the idea that you can have a Jewish state in Palestine. That's what Zionism is. So some Jews, the minority of Jews, support always supported that idea. Today, maybe a little bit more than a minority, but they're certainly not. Not a majority of Jews support this, and um, and some Jews don't, and some Jews are against it, some Jews are indifferent to it. So, I mean, you've got Jews all over the world that live happily wherever they live, and um, they either support this idea or they don't. Uh, the Jews typically that are Zionists are much more vocal, so they give the impression that all Jews are Zionists and that being Jewish means you have to support the state of Israel. Uh, as I travel around the country, and this is, I was thinking of a comment you made about, you see the that there's this um, tension between Palestinian or Arab students and Jewish students. The, the, the tension is not between Jewish students and Arab students, because there are many Jewish students who are part of the pro-Palestinian groups. And I speak all over the country now with my book being out in many, many campuses, and many of the activists, the pro-Palestinian activists, are Jewish. So the problem is not between, or the tension is not between Jewish students and Arab students or Palestinian students. The tension is between the pro-Israel groups within campus wants to silence the pro-Palestinian groups, which, well, like I, I said... I, I, that, that may be true to some extent, but I have actually heard the um, some of the 
Muslim activists that have come on the campus, maybe it's not the Palestinian kids, but they've spoken on behalf of the Palestinian kids, basically talking about Jews rather than Israel. So there has been, it's it's turned into that, let's say. At least I've seen it from my own with my own eyes on the campus, because I teach there. And which, I, and which campus? Uh, University of California, Irvine. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, Irvine's got an interesting history. Like I said, I've, I've, uh, it, it, could have been, it could have been somebody who was ignorant or somebody who just misunderstands the point. But typically, right. there are a lot of, you know, there's at least half of the activists in the pro-Palestinian cause on campuses that I've seen in countless campuses are Jewish. Yeah, and obviously we're trying on the campus to build some camaraderie between the Palestinians and the Israelis, and we're sending kids over there to to meet people together. So we are trying to build some peace efforts even on the campus. So let me ask you something. So, so the way that the country was built from your perspective is that it was really illegitimate the way it was done, and it was a genocide and and obviously it was done in a way that we would not want it to be. And unfortunately that has happened even in the United States when we did this to our American Indians, right? We've done it to the Mexicans in the Southwest. So that, be that as it may, it's terrible. It is terrible to do that. But I'm questioning now, like now that Israel has been a state since 1948, we're talking about before you were born and just, you know, I hate to say it, just when I was born, mm-hmm. But um, so do they have a right to exist now? Because, I mean, it would be almost like saying that we have to give back San Diego where you live, give it back to Mexico. So because it was taken through wars and through violence. So what do you think about that? I mean, should we? Well, I'll tell you what I think about that. The problem has not been solved. And until the problem is solved, uh, nothing can move forward. Now, the state of Israel has no right to exist as it is. There's no question about that. There is no right for, it, for, for a racist Jewish state to exist in a land that is an Arab land where half the population is not Jewish. If you're going to have a Jewish state in a land that is, that is, that is in, where 50% of the population are not Jewish, you can only do it if it's a racist state with racist laws. You can only do it if you fill your jails like Israel does with thousands upon thousands of political prisoners, which is something people don't talk about, but Israel has thousands of Palestinian political prisoners. Very few of them were charged with violence. The vast majority, over 90%, are political, completely political, have never, have never even been charged with violence. And then you have to have, and you have to have half the population disenfranchised. And that is the only way you can have a Jewish state over there in Palestine. And so I think it has no right to exist. It has no, there's no reason for it to exist. Okay, so I wasn't really asking. The people that are there, let me just finish. The people that are there, the Israelis, like myself, we were born there. We, this is our home. Of course, they have a right to be there because they're there. Nobody's talking about genocide, and nobody's talking about expulsion, and nobody's talking about any of that sort of thing, not even the most extreme Palestinians that I've seen. But what we are talking about, and what I am talking about, is transforming the racist so-called Jewish state, which really does not represent Jews, but the racist so-called Jewish state, into a democracy. So equal rights for everyone, equal opportunities for everyone. The two nations share the land. They share the country. And quite very, very often they share the same cities, but they are completely segregated, and and uh, and it's not a democracy because Palestinians are, are are it's like an apartheid system. It's very similar to apartheid system. So mm-hmm. what we're talking about is creating a real democracy with equal rights for everyone. Right, right. And when I didn't say. 
because really there were kind of two questions in my mind is, does the Jewish state have a right to exist and does Israel have a right to exist? And so that was what I was really asking. If Israel itself has a right to exist, but you're saying, what I hear you saying is, it has right, the people who were born there have a right to be there, but it has to be, a, like you said, a democracy. We have, you have to get rid of the racism. You have to get rid of the, the bias, the, all the, the horrible things that have gone on. It's like when the black people had, didn't have any rights in our country. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So that, I mean, so is there a movement to try and have a real democracy? I mean, it, it's a, you know, it's not a, a third world country, so to speak, Israel. I mean, they have... No, it's not a third world country at all. Uh, that's what I'm the, saying. It's it's a very uh, economically advanced com- country. So aren't is there any um, movement to make it a democracy like we have here? Well, not within Israel, because the Israelis are like the whites in South Africa. They're quite happy to keep the apartheid going. Uh, uh, but among people around the world, and certainly among Palestinians, and all, even among some Israelis, there are some Israelis, there is a movement calling for that. But there's also a larger movement. You know, there, there, are, several, there are several legs to the stool, so to speak, of, 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 of this... Of this um, you know of this movement of this of you know of this uh resistance i would say you've got you've got and i'm sure you're familiar with sjp and you know student uh, palestine awareness weeks and, and and apartheid weeks that are being held you know starting at the university of california last year there were over 120 campuses around the country that held these these events and these are and i speak at many of them and i'm already booked for next year and many other speakers are and they and they hold excellent you know they're very educational and thousands of students are exposed to these to these events, so there's a growing awareness in this country to the need to transform Israel into a real democracy. Um, there's the there's the movement called the BDS movement, which is a movement to boycott, to impose boycott, divestment, and, and sanctions on Israel, which is growing in leaps and bounds. And there are there's there's a local a localized popular resistance within the West Bank uh, with protests every single week and in, in almost a dozen or so places that that call for an end to to the Israeli occupation and 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 so forth. So there is a growing awareness, and there is a very strong and very dedicated and very uh, principled movement um, moving in that direction. And and there is a growing awareness to the need to do this. So. In in terms of you know if we talk about boycotting Israel that that may you know bring some leverage but what about deep peace work I mean what what is the real solution you know that's what I'm questioning from your perspective what is the real solution you know how how do you get to where you have that democracy besides just the kind of using that leverage of of boycotting and protest. I don't think I don't think there is any other way. Oh, I mean, Israel isn't. is not you know apartheid didn't fall because whites suddenly decided they were going they wanted to give up the privilege, and Jim Crow didn't fall because whites decided they were going to be nice and wanted to give up their privilege. This is done through resistance and through mm. force and through you know there's no other way to do this. I mean, I don't see there's no Gandhi over there. I mean, because Gandhi, Israel. you know what I mean? Uh, Gandhi certainly not on the Israeli side. No. <laughs> I mean, so well, I mean, Gandhi. Look, Gandhi. Gandhi was a Gandhi led a resistance movement. Right, Gandhi but it did, wasn't. You know, but it. But it wasn't a violent, remo- uh, you know, movement either. You know, I know, but the Palestinian resistance has never been violent. I mean, okay. there have been there have been a lot of very dramatic aspects, violent aspects to it. Yes. But the vast majority of Palestinian resistance, and today the entire Palestinian resistance is really not violent at all. Hmm. So the majority there's this image that Palestinian resistance is, is terrorism, but the vast majority. And this is what I said yes earlier too about the prisoners uh, and the, the political prisoners. The, they are represent, a representation of Palestinian 
resistance, the vast majority, over 90% of political prisoners in Israel, the Palestinian political prisoners, have not been charged or involved in any kind of violence. And the vast majority of Palestinian resistance has not been violent. There have been, there have been acts of violence, certainly. But, this, but I think it's important to realize also that these were acts of resistance, and the resistance always responds to the oppressor, to the oppression and to the, and to the oppressor. Um, so it's important to put that in, in, in perspective, and, and Israel continues to be the main source of violence in, in, in the region. Israel is, is, they just finished a massive attack against Gaza. They're yeah. threatening to attack Iran. They're threatening to attack Syria. They're always threatening to attack someone because they've built this massive army that they like to use. So the Palestinian, even the Palestinian violent resistance has been an, a response to violence by Israel. So the, the Gandhis, the, you know, the, the Israeli prisons are filled with Palestinian Gandhis. Mm. And Israel kills, continues to assassinate Palestinian leaders all the time, political leaders, mm. and intellectuals, and, 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 and clergymen, and so forth, regardless of how, how moderate they might be. But it's exactly because they don't want a Gandhi to emerge. Let me ask you something. Coming the the fact that you are an Israeli, that you are Jewish, what do you go back and speak in Israel? Do you? Oh yes, I go okay. there all the time. I have so, family there. I visit all the time. Yeah. So what happens when you go back there? Because you, you know, the Zionists must be very unhappy with what you say and and what you're trying to advocate for. I mean, what better person to talk about this? than a Jewish Israeli with the kind of background that you have, because you have the credibility that a Palestinian would not have. So what is yeah, the well, response to you? Well, they ignore it completely. You know, for as long as you're an Israeli Jew, Israel is a democracy. You know, on this particular issue, Israel has, I think, more freedom of speech and more academic freedom than they do here in this country. There's much, you know, this country, you can't say the thing. I mean, when you say the things that I say, people are afraid that, you know, the sky will fall. In Israel... There's a lot more, you know, people don't like it, they don't hear it, they don't listen to it, they ignore it, whatever, but, but the possibility of saying these things in Israel, like I said, as long as you're an Israeli Jew, it is a democracy. And so it's possible to say things, it's possible to criticize. Um, you know, I couldn't run for the Knesset with a platform that says this, that's illegal. So you can't run to the Knesset with a platform that calls for anything that's non-Zionist. Well, so that isn't there, that was, wasn't a Palestinian um, elected to the Knesset? Just yeah, they have, they're, they're, ten, they're about 10, they're, uh, 10 or 11 Palestinian members of Knesset, you know, belonging to several political parties. But they cannot call for Israel to become a state of all of its citizens. That is a term that would, de- that would um, prevent them from running to the Knesset because it's considered non-Zionist and therefore illegal. So if they, ran, if they tried to run on a platform that calls for Israel to become a state of all of its citizens as opposed to a Jewish state, then they would be disqualified. They would not be allowed to run. So, so aren't there are there churches and and mosques in Israel that people can go to that they're allowed to go there? Am I correct or not? You mean you mean I people... mean if you're not Jewish and you're living in Israel, you you can can you practice your religion of of Islam? Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can yeah. do that. I mean, you're not like they were in Spain, where you know all the Jews had to become Catholics and they became no, Sephardic. no, no. Because the Jewish state, the funny thing is, people assume that the Jewish state is a religious state, and it's really not. It's a secular state. And the Zionists, although they call themselves Jews, uh, they they ran as far as possible from religion. And I think Zionism is probably as far as possible as you can get from Judaism. It's got nothing to do with Judaism. Right, it's and it's, very, it's almost like um, the terrorists have little to do with with Islam. Yeah, exactly. I <laughs> yeah. mean, ex- exactly. It's a small group of, yeah. of, of, of radical uh, 
zealots who decided on this national on this particular agenda. So there's no there's no problem in, in in practicing your religion there. It's just that if you are not a Jewish Israeli, then you have all these racist laws imposed upon you, and life is very difficult. Well, wow, we are out of time, but how fascinating and how wonderful that you're doing the work that you're doing. And I think I think going to Israel and speaking out in Israel, maybe you can get a lot more people to join you in that kind of a movement to, to really bring democracy for everybody in Israel. So thank you so much for joining us. Let's just have you give your website and the name of your book again, and then it's time for, for us to go. Sure, the book is The General Sun, Journey of an Israeli in Palestine. The website is also thegeneralsun.com. It's also the best place to get the book. Okay. Um, and that's it. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. It, it was really great to talk to you, and I really uh, appreciate that you're doing out there, you're trying to do good in the world for the Palestinians and the Israelis. So thank you so much, Miko. Thank you. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning at 8.30 a.m. right here on KUCI and join us at our website at conflicthealing.com and listen in next Monday at Prescriptions for Healing Conflict where we can help you see different ways of looking at bringing peace to the yourself, your friends, your community, and your world. Thank you. Reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.